Hello there, it's William here. I am the co-host of the People's Countryside Environment Debate podcast. Now, usually it would be two voices, at least on this podcast. It would be mine and Stuart's. But this is going to be a slightly different episode. We have decided to take a short break over Christmas, just the last two weeks of the year. And we are going to be releasing some classic episodes of well, what we deem as classic episodes of the podcast. Episodes that we feel that you should have a chance to listen to again. It also gives us a short break as well. Uh, Before I get into my first selection, um, it's just a quick reminder that there will be a new release schedule in the new year, in 2024. Now, currently, our release schedule is Sunday and Tuesday at 10 o'clock, but we're going to just release to once a week, once a week, And that's going to be on Sunday at 10 a.m. With the first episode released on the 7th of January. In those episodes, we are also going to be discussing two listener questions uh, rather than just the one per episode. So just mixing it up, just changing how the podcast is, keeping it fresh for ourselves and hopefully fresh for yourselves as well. So my first selection, the first episode, my first classic episode. And I look through... our releases over the years and considering that we are pretty much at the 500th episode of this podcast uh, that was no mean feat I chose two particular episodes and today's episode is entitled are we just another giant panda now this particular episode was framed around a question about e-waste now e-waste is a huge problem really it's a (laughs) this is the reason why I really wanted to highlight this episode again i i also liked how this episode like a lot of our output starts in one place that topic of e-waste and ends up somewhere else and ends up with i believe it's Stuart that actually actually posts this question or comes up with this question are humans just another giant panda so anyway without further ado here's that episode and uh i hope you enjoy it Some say hydrogen fuels are a distraction, but it does seem to fill a gap that electricity can't access. Maybe hybrid fueling is the way forward for business, consumers and us. I mean, how how many phones do you reckon an individual gets through in their their lifetime or even in like a space of five years? I I know that... I've probably done a dozen since the mobile phones came out. I would say that some people will change their phone pretty much once a year. Yeah. Um, what happens to the old phone, you know? This is the People's Countryside Environmental Debate Podcast. We don't talk about the countryside as much as we used to. You guys, uh, you listeners, are sending in questions, taking us off into all different directions. And mine and William's job is to try and always bring it back to an environmental angle. I'm Stuart the Wild Man Mabba and uh, one of the co-hosts. I've mentioned William. Say hello, William. Hello, William. And uh, we're going to go straight into today's question uh, from the South Oxford area again. Got a number of them coming up, William, this time from West Hendred. Yes, do you know where West Hendred is? Uh, west of East Hendred. It's west of East Hendred, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know where East Hendred is? Yeah, uh, east, east of West Hendred. East of West Hendred, yeah. yes. Derek, uh, you sent in a question. Um, so... Do you want to have a read of it? Yeah, thanks very much for your question, Derek. Is this is, is Derek's first question, or are we? I lose track. I don't, feel, I don't think we have, but who knows? You have to look back. Exactly. Yeah, I just, it just, I've, I recognise the name, but we yeah. might have had another Derek on. Mm. Anyway, so thank you very much for your question, Derek. Derek's question is: 
e-waste uh, is growing three times faster than the population. Eyes roll when we're told big is going sustainable as it just it's just out to make money. I feel that we need to urgently decouple growth and enviro sustainability for them and us. It's not an either or. Perhaps enviro sustainability can still mean growth, just not as much. Some say hydrogen fuels are a distraction, but it does seem to fill a gap that electricity can't access. Maybe hybrid fueling is the way forward for business, consumers and us. No, there's a typo in there. It says, uh, I roll when we're told big. It's, that should be big business. Big business. I think you've uh, done a typo. Uh, I'll just type in this in now. Business. Derek, if you send another question in. <laughs> Get the typing right. Anyway, yeah, e-waste. Uh, it's growing three times faster than the population. Now, what, what, what do you think e-waste uh, is? E-waste is um, electronic gadgets, mostly, mm. and the anything that goes around that, so the paraphernalia of... Say so you have a mobile phone, that's e-waste, um, and then the, the cables that come around, around that as well, that's a form of e-waste. So. Is e-waste... I say it's electronic waste in a way. Emails, millions of emails stored that have no use on a on a server somewhere. Is that e-waste? I wouldn't call that e-waste myself. Um, Data waste. Yeah, that's that, that's more of a that's more of a clog on. It's more it's more of a, a carbon footprint type mm. of ideas because you those those um, servers are being powered somehow mm. and um, yeah. I would say the e-waste is more the physical, yeah, for physical thing. Paraphernalia, physical paraphernalia. No, the the, the amount, the amount of, I mean, how how many phones do you reckon a, a, an individual gets through in their yeah. in their lifetime, or even yeah. in like a space of five years? I, I know that I I've know probably people, done a dozen since the mobile phones came out. Yeah, I mean, I would say that some people will change their phone pretty much once a year. Yeah, um, what happens to the old phone? You know. Uh, even if you were to actually to send it to an, uh, an, a, a place that recycles them or a place that re refurbishes them, I mean, how mm. long, how much longer does that, how much longer life does that phone have, and mm. does it just end up in landfill, for example, and but gets shipped somewhere else in the in the world, for example? Yeah. The, uh, I mean, a lot of these things are done on lithium, um, and they're after those metals. And uh, well, I, I was talking to somebody the other day who was saying li lithium is, even though it's flammable, um, and it can catch fire, it's actually a good good thing because once you've dug it out the ground and you put it in a product, it can be extracted from the product and then reused. It, do, mm. it doesn't sort of, you know, you extract it from the ground, you, you um, use it, and then it can't be used again. Um, but I, I, I still think um, there's maybe other other ways we can go, but I don't know what they are. Anyway, um, it says eyes roll when we're told big business is going sustainable as it's just out to make money. There, there has to be a tipping point between uh, public cynicism about a big conglomerate wanting to go sustainable and going green and truly, genuinely. And a, and a big conglomerate wanting to do that, yes. you know. Um, currently, not, not currently not being able to because of the technology or yeah. the thinking they have, the culture they have in their business. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah. It seems to be a, an, a lot of energy into destroying these businesses instead of saying, okay, how can we convert? But a lot of conversation I'm hearing at the moment because we've just had the uh, Women's World Football Soccer World Cup and... 
there, there was a big thing about sustainability or, or you know or, or about it and a lot of conversation was you know we're not as sustainable as we really want to be because that's further down the line you know the the, the, the technology the, the the infrastructure the pathways aren't there yet to be truly sustainable there is an element of we left this too long before we start doing this because if we'd have started this 30 years ago well what down the line is now yeah um, well we've been talking about um climate change for, for decades and mm. nothing really seems to if, if we'd started earlier as you say we, we, we probably would have been in a better position than we are now yeah right? yeah um but the question i would ask about you know this whole idea of the, uh, people rolling their eyes when uh, big business tr- are, are going sustainable um, is how can you tell the difference between a business that actually truly wants to be sustainable yeah. and one that is just trying to greenwash, for yeah. example? You know, the, I mean, I've, I've saw I, I've saw uh, several years ago now some adverts which I think BP were using, or definitely one of the big petroleum companies were using, which is like a picture of an orangutan on, mm. on their poster. I can't remember what the poster actually said, but I do remember thinking at the time that you're just you're just trying to look sustainable. You're trying to mm. look green. Mm. What, what, what you're actually doing behind doors and yeah, I think so that's the big thing with big big companies you know how can you tell them um I was hoping you could answer that question yourself because <sighs> I don't do you think there's you always can. going to be suspicion I think there's always suspicion around I think there always will be suspicion around large I think companies. the way you tell is you you don't just look in the moment and say yeah they're they're, they're genuine you have to keep monitoring and keep keep watching because that that's what will keep the pressure on this but you know but the question is how 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 can we sustain that individually ourselves yeah. because yeah. we've got far more important things to do than to what big business are doing because yeah. we've got our own lives to lead yeah again if we left it too late who knows who knows uh next part uh of Derek's question is I feel we need to urgently decouple growth and environmental sustainability uh for them and us them being the businesses I assume it's not an either or uh yeah I mean uh, we've spoken about this uh you know should we walk away from growth as a model um there's the donut economy of course yeah it? yeah it's sort of you know i feel that there is urgently uh, we need to urgently decouple growth and environmental sustainability I, I think in another dimension if we'd have come at this in a different way over the last hundred years we could have growth and environmental sustainability but it, it would be a growth that was fair and uh you know the poor have got richer but the the the, the division between the gap between the poor and the rich have got got bigger is is there is there a way of reframing growth in in a way so yeah. when we talk about growth we we're obviously i i i definitely analogize that to um money monetary growth yeah or uh, economic growth in 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 whatever whatever way that is but isn't that also growth as in uh human mm. understanding Growth yeah. in um, yeah. understanding our understanding our impact on on the planet and mm. making those making choices and I don't like to necessarily use the word changes in this in this instance but actually making choices because that's really what mm. it is about how we actually go about and how we move around and how we do things. Mm. Well, I'm looking out the window at the moment. There's a big Bodleia shrub in the back garden, 
And I was thinking that growth on that. Well, it actually doesn't grow anymore each year. And what happens is it grows. We cut it back to about six feet, and then it, and then uh, in the summer it puts on another like ten, fifteen feet of growth on the top, and then we cut it back. Yeah. Yeah. But that's sustainable. It doesn't get any bigger each year. It's just just and the same. You're not killing it either. No, it, it's uh, it's sustainable. Yeah, but it's still growing. But there always seems to be this. There always is this this drive of 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 growth. Uh, whether 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 it's a, a government trying to be having you know lower inflation and and, and higher 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 um, higher wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, or even just down to an individual of like, well, actually, no, I, I want to have a bigger thing. I want to grow in, in yeah. my life. I want to have more money in my bank account. I want to have a bigger car. I want to have a bigger house. I want to go on better, bigger and better holidays. I want to have a bigger television. You know, it's a growth. That's a way of looking at growth as well, which is a negative form of growth, really. You're growing yourself and you're trying to grow your wealth. You're trying to grow your own. Yeah. The, recently, we've had Susie Darrington, an intern with us, yes. who's appeared on this. and. What I notice on there, you know, she's at 19, will soon be 20. She's got all this energy and stuff and fighting her and firing her belly. You know, we can change things and, and we're, we're older. And mm. I've, I've often said, you know, we need to keep people... And when they get to 30, they drift away from being a, an active, um, concerned citizen. And uh, and I do wonder, you know, is the is the human condition stuffing us on this one? I mean, uh, is this our destiny to to screw it up for ourselves? And you know, I'd love to have uh, I'd love to have Susie's energy, but I also I don't have the energy to have Susie's energy. <laughs> so is the is the human condition basically? Are we doomed to being? The, the a dead end is yeah we we might actually be a giant panda we have you know evolutionary dead end really good it's really good analogy actually i like the analogy of being a giant panda um yeah. but you know are we are, are we at the point now of being able to make the choice to change our future to to go in a different direction Cho- a choice mm. of how we live and a choice of what we do um, we we, we do all, have we already passed that moment of choice we, well, I don't think we passed it, but uh, I just think the people at the top of the pyramid, because, you know, human society is a multi-level, multi-level marketing business. It's, mm. it's, 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 it is, it's, yeah. it's, it's a pyramid scheme. And, uh, yes. you know, and um, when you, maybe when you're having your coffee later, have a think about that. Human society and the human species is, is a giant pyramid scheme. Yes. You know, and uh, people become entrepreneurs and run their own businesses to become the top of the pyramid. Yeah, exactly. But you know, just but the prop people at the top are propped up by the people in the middle. And until the people in the middle revolt, and I think Susie said in her previous episode that a revolution is only a revolution when it's when it's been successful. Exactly. Yeah, you it's know. only talked about when it's been successful. Yeah, I, I would also say that you know that really when we talk about the leaders. We talk about the leaders in Britain because we're 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 recording this podcast in Britain. We live in yeah. Britain. We live in the we live in England in particular. That I've been listening to a podcast recently, which has been going through. Started I've, I've just at the start of the the series, mm. which is talking about. It talks about every episode about every monarch that has ever been since uh, William the Conqueror, since the first yeah. William the first, 
and it did a little bit of back history as well. But when I look, when I've been listening to William about William and his um, his son William, who became king, and then Henry mm. became king after him, um, and their stories, that actually not much has changed mm. in the way we deal with things. I mean, we're less violent than we used to be in, in, internally, especially mm. especially within uh, internal power structures, but we're still sort of guided in some ways in the UK, especially in England by those, by those, by those moments. Mm. Um, and by, by maybe even something like that, there's, there's echoes of the Norman conquest still in, in within British society, mm. a good one. And I'm going to, I'm going to just go along with a little bit of a, a tangent in a way, but I think this is relevant. A good one is, and I'm going to swear as well was, it's just how much the, um, the, the common people as it, we want to call it, as we want to call ourselves in some ways, um, we look up, look up to the aristocracy. Mm. I don't count myself in that group. When you get a member of the aristocracy talking in what would be aristocratic language, mm. people don't really engage in it. But as soon as they start using, let's say, Anglo-Saxon terms, uh, they suddenly they 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 actually become almost subs- more subservient to them because they're like, oh my oh my god, this person's talking in our language. You know, mm. There's, there was a. A quite famous moment of uh, Prince Philip, um, and he had a he had a number of interesting things that he said in his life. Um, just, Allegedly, alleg- well, he, he was caught. I think I seem to remember him being caught once on, on recording because somebody was was a photographer faffing around because we always do mm. that. And uh, all he did was turn around and says, just take the fucking photograph. Mm. And um, it's like, it was just that moment of connection. Like, oh my, oh my God, it's me, goodness me, that's, a, that's an aristocrat speaking our mm. language because mm. that's our language sort of mm. thing. So I think, I think that that is still there. Mm. So what I'm, putting, I'm making here is almost like that, that reverence to power is still there from maybe a thousand years ago. Mm. And how, how do we, how do we that's, that's one thing I think we need to, break yeah. in some ways because it, then how can we progress if we if we're still reverent to one to the person who is above us the, the prime minister for example people are reverent to the prime minister yeah. uh, i think that people are in power and have their our best our vested interests and all that sort yeah of stuff. i think vested interests have got out of control these days and uh you know the people monitoring vested interests have got vested interests in that monitoring so anyway mm. back to the question yes perhaps environmental sustainability can still mean growth just not as much. But growth in a different way, I would yeah, say. Yeah, gro- uh, I think the interpretation of the word growth, um, I personally think if if, um, if if growth is spread around fairer, where we, we grow slower, but we all... The, 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 there's, a, there's a quality of life in the people around you having a better quality of life. You know, because when things get a bit rough, a bit tough... As you know, especially around here, there, there's more burglaries, there's more muggings, there's more more things like that. The people at the bottom of the pyramid aren't having to do those, resort to those sorts of things. They don't necessarily want to; mm. they just have to. Mm. Um, so some, some, you know. So <laughs> it's just an interpretation of the word growth. Um, so I would say, you know, if you look at it as holistically, we probably grow more if we change the interpretation. The last part is some even say hydrogen fuels are a distraction, but it does seem to fill the gap that electricity can't access. Maybe hybrid fueling is a way forward for business, consumers and us. Now, we always say when somebody somebody sends in the question, do we think it's this or do we think it's that? And we often say it's a bit of both. Mm. You know, there's a mosaic 
of 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 uh, you know hydrogen electricity. I, I don't think we even need to rule out fossil fuels. To be honest, it's just when it's just when you look at it as a whole, you know, what does that look like? But I, I there's a lot of resistance. Um, hydrogen that is that's a very interesting one. You know, there's lots of technology around that. I'm not too aware of hydrogen apart from hydrogen buses. Mm. Um, obviously, hydrogen powered buses. I'm not. I don't have any knowledge of. I don't really either. But it's a lot of people are talking about it, and you think well, I need to look into this. And and is it horses for courses yeah. sort of thing? So actually, maybe like hydrogen fuel cell, like a, a trans transit yeah. might be a way forward. Might might do it as a train or as a, yeah. as, a, as, a, as a bus for or a coach. Uh, but it might not be a good thing for um, a certain type of industry. An yeah. Industry needs a certain type of power. Yeah. Um, or you know, it's also there's this um, uh, adaptability, this change um, that would need would be needed for business. You know, how do you transist from being, you know, using say like for example, you're using a diesel generator. How do you actually then transist to another generator? Mm. Is that possible? Is it is it compatible with your machinery, for example? Yeah. Do you have to upgrade your machinery because of what the power system you're using and i think a lot of the reason we don't have this mosaic is because it's all about growth so the people who have got like fossil fuels or whatever they dominate the 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 energy market and yes. make us reliant yes you know and, uh, and we're not saying get rid of it what we're saying is you know there's there's a mosaic of other stuff out there that can be used is it the easy way forward it's the easy way forward because this is what is, is it's also an established technology yeah. because it's an established technology that means that all the faults are being ironed out and if there are any problems then there's going to be yeah. there's going to be experts yeah. how to fix that whereas yeah. if it's a new technology like with any new technology there's a lot more uh, problems that come up and and uh, unexpected issues come up and uh, there might, might not be the enough experts and there might be if there are there's just a premium of them so it's more expensive where's yeah. the, where's the um if you're if you're a small to medium business uh, rather than a large one which can probably take on the, on the debt of changing yeah. what you're doing um i noticed that dpd for example is a good yeah. example have actually done a lot a lot of their delivery vehicles now electric a thing pretty much all the whole entire fleet are uh tesco with their um, home delivery are Big businesses, smaller businesses necessarily can't do, can't change that quickly because yeah. they don't have the um, they don't, might not have the actual financial resources to actually yeah. do that. So where's the incentive for them to do that? Would that yeah. come from government, for example? So what's the action? It's a good question, actually. I mean, the action I would say is just look at what you're doing with your own as an individual with your electronic waste. What can you do better with it? Once it comes to the end of its life, are you able to extend the life of uh, your electronic goods? And if you are, are then that's great. You know, maybe you can pass it on to say you've got a phone and you you think, oh, actually, my friend, he's he needs a new phone. I'll just give him my old phone because he can't afford a new one, for example. Yeah. Um, have it as a backup phone. I'm just thinking about phones because I've got one in my hand. Um, yeah. yeah, just the action of just to be. Think about what you're going to do with your, your electronic waste, your yeah. e-waste. And I'm just going to say, spend a bit of time in action, my action, spend a bit of time just thinking about what I said about the human society being a pyramid scheme. Now, if, it's, if I'm wrong, what, 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 what is the model of human society? You know, and, just, uh, and where do you fit into that? Yes. And that's as simple as that. It's just a bit of churning, a bit of contemplation going to say sometimes this podcast does seemingly go away from 
disconnect from the environment, doesn't yeah. it? It seems, seems to be disconnected from the environment. Yeah. This was a bit more of a, definitely more of a, an environmental episode. Yeah, yeah. But what we try and do is we do try and come up with actions. So even with epi- even with with the questions you're sending us in, and send us, please continue sending the questions in. The variety of topics that we need we discuss because yeah. it keeps us on our toes and it yeah. keeps the podcast interesting. I think. Yeah. But we do try. We will try our best to um, have actions that are environmentally based, won't we? Exactly. This has been the People's Countryside Environmental Debate Podcast. He's been... I've been William Mankelow, and I didn't get to introduce myself. Nor did I. I just said I'm Stuart the Wild Man Rabbit.